Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello and welcome to New Business Paradigms. I'm Benjamin Schwartz, producer of the show, filling in today for Chief of Staff Christy Jansen. Christy, who normally co-hosts the show, is out sick with appendicitis, and we wish her a speedy recovery. I'm here today in a virtual room, thanks to Zoom, with Ronaldo Brutico, the Academy's president and founder. The World Business Academy is a 501c3 nonprofit action incubator dedicated to elevating the consciousness of people in the business community and encouraging business leaders to use their power and influence to take greater responsibility for the communities and the environment their work touches. We are recording this show on May 23, 2020. As always, I would like to invite listeners to reach out to us at infoworldbusiness.org. If you have any questions or comments from the show today, or there is anything you would like us to discuss in the future, we would love to hear from you. I would also like to ask listeners to support the podcast, however big or small. If you have the means and you appreciate what we do, please make a tax-deductible contribution to the World Business Academy at worldbusiness.org donate. Another way to support the podcast and our work is to give us a five-star rating on iTunes or wherever you are listening. As always, you can listen on the go using Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Blog Talk Radio. Just search World Business Academy. All right. With that, Ronaldo, let's get started on the show today. Thanks so much, Benjamin. And and, and for those um, those who are concerned, uh, Christy's operation was successful. She's resting comfortably at home. We miss her, but we're glad she's taking the time to get well. And uh, we hope by the middle of the end of next week, she'll be back with us. In the meantime, we've got an amazingly full show today. It will be extremely difficult to put it all into half an hour. In fact, we were going to talk some about the international situation this week, and I'm going to have to postpone that, I'm sorry to say, because we're just not going to have time to get to it. There's too much happening. You know, when you've got a pandemic, as of t- this, this show, show is being uh, taped on uh, Saturday, uh, May the 23rd, and, and as we tape it, I know that by tomorrow, Sunday, the 24th of May, and I predicted this 10 days ago, we will be across the threshold of 100,000 dead Americans. That's tomorrow. We will achieve that tomorrow, Sunday, the 24th. There is no end in sight. In fact, I see the pandemic getting worse now because of these premature openings and the way the openings are being mishandled. And so what we're going to see is a rise in cases in about a week or 10 days, and we're going to see a an increasing rise in the death toll starting almost immediately and then really starting to spike in about three, four weeks. So that's what's coming. And in the face of a pandemic, it's tough enough to keep your eyes focused on how to do this show. But when you have a pandemic, it's happening in the middle of a Great Depression, economic depression. So you have a pandemic and a Great Depression. And on top of that, you have climate change beating down on us so hard that Noah has warned us this will be one of the worst hurricane seasons on record. And as some people know, just the other day, two days ago, Michigan had major dam breaks. 
To give you some comfort in the dams in this country, approximately 1,500 are considered in hazardous condition. So if there was ever a time to do infrastructure spending, this is it. Now's the time, and we're going to have the people available to work for reasons I'm about to explain. So I really wanted to, you know, when you're looking at a pandemic <laughs> encased in a Great Depression economically, encased in climate change, you would think that's enough that could go wrong and we could just talk about that for half an hour. But he never ceases to offer new material. And just the last couple of days, Donald Trump has basically announced that they are thinking of doing nuclear tests again. First one since 1992. And the other part of the news that from last week that was particularly interesting was that um, the intelligence agencies of the U.S. government are now hiring or have hired an outside communications firm to see how to best convey important information to the president who doesn't like to read and doesn't like to receive news, real news. He likes to get it from Fox as his source of information. So it's kind of, it'd be funny if it weren't so tragic, but it is tragic. It's also tragic that the same week that the administration announces that it may be resuming nuclear testing since 1992, Trump himself said he's going to walk away from the Open Skies Treaty with Russia. Interestingly enough, even Russia's not crazy enough to do that and said they wouldn't. So I think it means that at some point, if there is another administration, meaning if there is an election, which, you know, I think there's only a 50-50 chance of that, but if there is one, and if that election produces Joe Biden as the next president or any Democrat, then there's an entirely likely scenario I could sketch for within three to five years how you could fix all this mess. And in the process of fixing it, create a civilization, a society that you'd like so much better than the one you had just a year ago. You would you would be delighted, sad to have paid the price, but delighted to have arrived at that destination. And you know what some of the hallmarks of that destination look like. No one's going to be in their right mind trying to find universal health care with what we've learned. Not the people who thought they would rather have their health care through their unions or their jobs, because almost 40 million of them have lost their jobs. So even if they thought they had health care, as we warned people when the health care bill was pending, hey, your health care may be good while you're working, but if you lose your job, so goes your health care. Now people realize how important, how life and death important health care is, and you can't rely on independent employers. You can't rely even on state federal government. What you got to do is rely on a national program of health insurance like I do, which in my case is called Medicare. And I think you're going to see some very advanced and thoughtful proposals coming out from Joe Biden's campaign to basically lower the Medicare age, probably down to 60 for eligibility. And you're going to see a universal health care uh, delivered at a, at a minimum by a broad and rapid, and I would say probably mandatory expansion of Obamacare. So that being said, there's a whole lot of good news that could come out of this silver lining, if you will, that could come out of this terrible pandemic wrapped in a Great Depression. I, I can give you many other things that I think could come out in a healthy way, such as the equivalent of a civil conservation corps to have all those young people who are graduating this year that aren't going to be able to get jobs. And let's give them something to do in the national service like we did uh, in Roosevelt's time. Uh, let's let's create the equivalent of a civil conservation corps and build some more great lodges like the ones that stand to this day in, in, in like on Mount Hood, right? So we could do that and we could also use people to go into our inner cities. We could teach urban farming or in an agrihood, if you will, an agricultural neighborhood way so that we could take the dirt lots that have been falling apart because of so many houses being abandoned and we could teach inner city gardening 
to the food deserts of this country. I could go on and on with the politics. So, Ronaldo, all of these seem to be really new jobs, in essence, not any jobs that's really um, adding to an existing industry, but jobs that are filling the need of, you know, the American problems that exist. Would you say that new jobs are going to have to be created or that it's possible that, you know, this economy is going to come back and with it, all the old jobs? Well, no, I mean, first of all, there's a great study uh, by a Stanford economist uh, it just came out literally, it was published on Friday. Uh, the man's name is Nicholas Bloom, who works at Stanford University. And what he calculated, which is a fascinating study, 42% of all the jobs that have been lost will not end up in being rehired. 42%. So 42% of 40 million is almost 17 million jobs that are not coming back. Now, a lot of jobs could get created that are in older industries. For example, I mentioned infrastructure. Well, infrastructure is construction. And if you started doing a lot of construction work, which you should, because now the interest rates are practically zero, so it costs nothing to borrow the money to do it, and you build the infrastructure, it'll be there for the next 50 or 100 years. And you won't have to worry about paying for the dams that break or the 10,000 people that had to be evacuated in Michigan or Lord knows what other calamities. Right? So, And by the way, I think there's going to be a lot of new jobs in agriculture because this administration has choked off foreign labor which means that people are plowing their crops under because they don't have anybody to pick them. I mean, so a lot of people could say, you know, this organic food movement's been growing and it seems to work best in five and 10 acre plots because then I don't need any foreign labor. I can just do it all myself or my family. Well, that is going to be a new career that you'll see grow up. I think there are many others like that. However, there are others that I think will come back. I think hairdressers and manicurists and hair salons, they'll come back because people keep growing hair. And, and for the most part, women like to paint their nails. I mean, it's just that's the reality of it. Okay, So it's going to happen, and they like to dye and color their hair, and, 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 and that's okay. So those jobs will come back. That's in the 60% that will come back. You're never going to get all the jobs in the airlines back. So you can take the airlines, which are going to run out of PPP money in September, and you can assume dramatic, I, I would guess at least a 50% furlough rate. And those jobs are probably not coming back for a whole bunch of reasons I could get. You have the oil industry and they've draw, they've shed a, a number of jobs because of the foreclosures, particularly in the, in the fracking industry. And those aren't coming back because even if the government could manipulate the price of oil higher, which is, you know, it's trying to do. Can you imagine the our government is manipulating oil prices higher so we pay more. I mean, this is sort of like, you know, you stand on your head with this stuff. And, and you know, there's 16 billion worth of subsidies that the oil industry always got anyway. And they got a whole t billions of dollars in this last round of, of uh, government money that came up because of COVID. But here's the piece de resistance. I just think this is the best one of all. So yesterday I'm reading that the Pentagon actually created a $10 per gallon fund to buy millions of barrels of oil. Now, isn't that kind of crazy? I mean, why would the Pentagon pay $10 a gallon for 2 million gallons when they obviously could pay $2.80 or in some states like Arkansas, $1.89 a gallon? Why would they pay 10 if there was an amazing amount of corruption going on? Okay, which there is, as you know.
In fact, Trump tried to buy a huge amount of gas and put it in the oil, rather, put it in the Strategic Petroleum Reserve, which we won't ever reuse. And he tried to do that because he thought he could get away with it. It turns out you can't if you're president. You have to have a congressional authorization to do that. Thank God. So they had to come up with other ways. Okay, we'll give money to the PPP. We'll give, them, we'll give them more tax breaks. We'll do this. We'll do that. But at the end of the day, why would we be saving the oil industry, charging Americans more for it, and in the process building them back up when they can't survive anyway as an industry because the world's moving beyond oil and moving beyond coal. And so it's not coming back. And now what are those people going to do? Well, a whole lot of them could be solar installers. They could work in wind fields and, and erect wind turbines. They could work in dam repair, which we need a lot of. They could work in construction on, on, on highways and, and, and we could convert. Here's one I just came up with the other day. I love this one. So what are most of the trains in America carrying today? Fossil fuel, oil, and coal. That's that's the big money makers for trains. Problem is, if fossil fuels are going down, coal clearly is down and not coming back, and oil's way down and not likely to come back. What are those trains going to carry? Well, guess what? They'll have a lot less freight. So if you have a lot less freight, but you have rails and you got locomotives, wouldn't it be smart to go back into the people moving business? How about railroads that worked? What a concept. Here we are, the nation that invented long distance railroad traffic in the 1800s, and we haven't done a thing to improve the system since then, where every other nation in the world that's advanced has developed high-speed rail, which we don't have. And by the way, in a country as big as ours, high-speed rail makes a whole lot more sense than it does in the UK, okay, where it's been forever. So uh, when you look at these anomalies, these absolute missed opportunities and the corruption and the greed, I mean, you know, I hear that this morning and the, I guess it was the uh, it was a variety, no, 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 Vanity Fair. Trump's campaign manager makes $800,000. That would compare with David Plouffe getting 126000 to get Obama, Obama elected president. I mean, it was like 800, well, and, and by the way, and he controls a slush fund in the tens of millions. Look at what he has bought since he became chairman of the Trump re-election campaign. I mean, the guy's gone on a buying spree like you wouldn't believe. Um, he's got a new house on the beach in Florida. He's got a new yacht. He's got, uh, he bought himself a Ferrari, as I recall. He's got the best wardrobe he's ever had in his life. He's made himself into a mega millionaire, as everybody around Trump does, if they just want to dip their beak in the corruption. So, And it's certainly it's certainly not Trump paying for it, that's for sure. No, 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 no. It, Trump permits him his job because he will take uh, and permit. He's a money launderer, okay? Trump is. So what he wants is a money launderer for his campaign chairman. He got one. It's that simple. It's really not any more confusing than that. The guy's theoretical background is um, electronic. He was supposed to be like a genius on social media. So he's been on the job for a year. How many points of approval has Trump gone up in the last year since he spent tens and tens and tens of millions of dollars on social media? Answer, nothing at all. In fact, he's down about two, three points. So he can't be that much of a genius. Now, admittedly, he's got a tough product to work with. I mean, he has one of the toughest products that we that anybody buys that product is remarkable. But, you know, trying to get more than a 15% cult group to buy it, which he has done because he's got like a 41% approval rating for him. That's astounding when, when the product is as flawed as it is. But there you have it. So let's talk about some real quick statistics. I've thrown some up, but let me throw a few more. So the Dow Jones from a year ago today to today is down 4%. It's interesting. It took about three weeks for the Dow to kind of get wiped out over a period of sessions. It only took one week for it to come back. Why? Because the Dow is not a reflection of the real economy. 
The Dow is a reflection of how much money a trader can make buying or selling stocks. And they don't make money if they don't trade. So they got to trade. You recall one of the recommendations this program has made for years is that we should put a one mil tax on every stock that transfers, and that would eliminate computerized program trading. And it, would, and it would turn sanity back into Wall Street. Right now, Wall Street is not even a gambling den. The only people gambling on Wall Street are the people who are not smart enough to realize it's rigged and come walking in, not knowing all the odds are in the house favor. I mean, at least you go to Vegas and you know, let's say, the slot machine pays 36% back of what you put in. Okay, if you're having fun pulling the handle and you're willing to take 36 cents a dollar back, okay, fair enough. You know what the odds are. The casino will even tell you. But that's because you went to gamble and the fun is in the gambling. That's not Wall Street. Wall Street, the fun is in making the money. That's it. Nothing but making money. And for that, you have to be willing to force the market up on inadequate news, force, let it go down on, on appropriate news, and then find some phony reason to bring it back up, etc. So those statistics, Dow down 4%, uh, and by the way, it's going to go down further. You can bet on it because in the end, the real economy will win out. So you can bet that the pandemic's going to keep winning. You can bet the depressions, there's no sign the depression's going away or getting better. In fact, I can make a case today, it's worse than it was a week ago because everything Trump's doing is going to make the depression deeper and longer. So with that said, the Dow Jones is going to come down way off the 4% down for the year. I want to point out to you that oil's down 42% in that same year and gold is up happily 35%. By the way, gold has consistently been up a total of now 41% since I first recommended buying it in October of 2018. So if you'd have bought it in 2018, you'd have slept nice every night, and you'd be up 41% in a world where the Dow is down five. Not a bad outcome. Not a bad outcome. And nobody doesn't like owning gold. Everybody likes it because it's shiny. It's bright. It has incredible value. Oh, and the worse things get, the more valuable it becomes. So gold will continue to be the reserve people go to when they finally realize that the American dollar is not sustainable. I can assure you, beyond a shadow of a doubt, if Trump does not leave office as a result of a November election, the American dollar will begin to slide. And it may not stop quickly. The slide may be precipitous, okay, because of what the mismanagement. And at that point, because people would know that an autocrat took over the country and has no intention of resigning. So there's where we are right now. You, you, there's some other, you know, economic news I could throw at you, which is kind of important, I think, uh, uh, I, I think it's uh, amazing, but fully predictable that Hertz would file Chapter 11 bankruptcy. I think Penny was, as I said last week, was forced to do in part because of the leverage buyout debt that they, they slapped on that company. Uh, uh, clearly, uh, some companies, L Brands, for example, are trying to segregate out Victoria's Secret and Pink because they think the other brands maybe can stand better on, on their own. You know, Gap has already gone upside down. Uh, there's, so there's, and by the way, in real terms, you can expect that retail is never coming back to what it was, brick and mortar retail, ink and app, uh, which means that probably 35% of all the brick and retail stores in America are not going to be here in two years. Uh, it also means that uh, an increasing amount of commerce will be done online. Uh, by the way, another uh, a silver lining in this is going to be how we've all learned to work off at home. Which, by the way, remember I told you real estate was not a good play right now? Facebook's announcement sealed the kiss of death on commercial real estate by saying up to half of their employees will be working from home next year. Well, that means that Facebook doesn't have to pay for buildings that they rent. 
Well, think about that. And by the way, Google will do the same thing. All of tech companies will do the same thing. And I'll be surprised if it stops at 50%. I think it could go higher. Because what we've learned is how well we can do virtually. And, and, and last point on that is because we've been forced to go virtual and we've learned that we have to do education virtually, I'm looking for a major positive change in a post-democratic presidency in the education budget, which would include high-speed internet band, high bandwidth all over the country without exception, no matter how rural you are. And frankly, that every child below a certain economic level will be given the equivalent of, a, of an iPad. Uh, I'm not saying it has to be an Apple, but the equivalent of an iPad, because it's become an essential learning tool. It, it, and from kindergarten on, it's it's no longer just something fun. Okay, you know that we've passed 5 million with COVID internationally, but I don't think that matters as much as the fact that we're going to pass 10 million. I do think it's uh, interesting that REITs, which I said last week, were not going to be a good place to hide out. Uh, and I see that now that just recently has been validated by Wall Street. So you're going to see that situation Um change for the worse. There's just no question the idea, the long-term viability of shopping centers, which have to now be repurposed. And for those who are listening to this, if you, like me, I have three of them. If you have shopping centers, I have been repurposing them already and will continue to repurpose them because uh, the thing a shopping center has that's beautiful is its dirt, its location. And if you can reconceptualize how to use that dirt in a high traffic location, you actually can get viable economic returns. You will not get it trying to reopen as the Simon properties are prematurely and hoping that there's going to be some return to the mall. The return to the mall is not the return to the mall. It, it's not going to happen that way because a third, 35% say of all the stores are going to be gone, which puts downward pressure on guys like me who own shopping centers or own interest in shopping centers. But that's okay because it's also forcing us to be more creative with what we do going forward. And that too is good. Okay, it's just not being done in a way that is thoughtful, that you can plan around. It's being done in a chaotic, ham-fisted, meat-cleaver approach because the government's not participating well. But it will happen. Okay, I want to go quickly to California because California is doing a lot of things right. I'm a little concerned that they're going to be opening up as much as they are this week of coming, next week, I guess, June 1st. Um, the governor's saying two-thirds of the counties in California have been approved to begin reopening. I think that's a little aggressive. I think that um, I'm glad that the state of California is now building into its budget projection the assumption that it will receive 75% of its COVID-19 expenditures back from the federal government. Because there's that $3 trillion bill sitting on Mitch McConnell's desk that he said was dead on arrival, except for one small little problem Mitch has, which is the further down the economy goes, which it's going to go because money's running out now, the further down it goes, the more hopeless maintaining a Republican Senate becomes. So you're talking about the end of the reign of Mitch McConnell because of his own greed and stupidity, and that he'd rather put another broken down, uh, incompetent, right-wing Yahoo judge on a bench than he would have a plan to help the average American weather this storm. And by the way, I'll give you one more thing that's going to happen out of this whole COVID thing. I believe the uh, there's a form of the Andrew Yang, Elizabeth Warren pitch coming here where we're going to say to people $2,000 a month till this thing is over. And if I'm right, that, or if Professor uh, Bloom is right, and 42% of these people never get rehired, as long as they're out there, they should be getting $2,000 a month. And that is not a bad thing. In fact, they should do that. They should also change the work week to 35 hours from 40, and that would be a full-time work week. Americans work more hours per week than any other population in the world, and we're not healthier for it. 
We're sure as heck not happier for it. And this is an opportunity to restructure our entire economy where we stop pretending that 50 hours is normal. And we say, hey, you know what? If we only worked 30 hours full time, that would free up 20% of capacity to hire all those people that are now unemployed. But I don't think we'll have to do all of them. It's just some of these will be choices that we'll get. Okay, a couple more quick things. Um, I do believe that it's important that budget that Newsom has put together shows that he's got it's a huge budget. I mean, you know, this thing, he had like a $24 billion surplus for the budget before COVID. Coming out of this thing, he's going to have a uh, $203 billion budget. It'll have to be balanced, but I'm, I don't know where the money's going to come from. He's going to give some money to cities and some to counties. But I don't know if he's got enough in there for what the 58 counties in California actually need. So there's going to be a, a question there. I, I think we should be watching California because it has done so many things correctly in how they've handled the COVID pandemic. I got to hope they keep doing it. Everybody was watching, of course, New York for all these months because it was the center of the COVID pandemic. Uh, Cuomo's done an absolutely brilliant job. I, I, I mean, they're now down to where um, he's got 750 testing locations. He's launched a $100 million economic recovery for the businesses that did not get in the PPP. So he's doing all the right things. Governor Whitmer doing a phenomenal job in Michigan. And she's had a state where she's been affected by third, I think, highest death rate in America, um, third highest in infections, uh, huge unemployment problem because of Detroit, and dams breaking. And in all of that, not one person was lost in the 10,000 people who evacuated as that dam broke. Pretty impressive. Um, Alabama, of course, is in for deep yogurt. I mean, deep, deep yogurt. I don't, I, you know what? I don't know how Governor Kay Ivey thinks that she can possibly go forward with this insane approach. She's, you know, everything is open. It's wide open. Uh, and and her, her death rate keeps going up, not down. And of course, and I can't stop without commenting on Rick DeSantos in Florida. So, you know, if there's two places you would really want to be super careful with this thing, one would be Florida, because there's a lot of older people down there like me, and Phoenix, Arizona, Scottsdale, right? That's where the other pocket of huge number of retirees are. So since we know vulnerable populations are the elderly, which I think is now being defined as 55 plus, is a huge population. But if you just take the 65 plusers, Florida's full of them. And so is Arizona. And what's happening is DeSantis actually fired Rebecca Jones, his the scientist who put together his covert tracking data, because she wouldn't fudge the numbers for it. She actually has gone public and said that's why she was fired, because she wouldn't fudge the numbers. Because somehow DeSantis thinks if people don't know the truth about how many people are dying around him, somehow it'll be like a secret. What's he going to do? Funerals in the dead of night? <laughs> Cremations when there's no one around? I mean, how is he going to take care of the dead bodies? Mass graves? What, what is DeSantis going to do to try and hide all these people that are dying and the death rate continues to go up in a place with way too many people with white hair? So I think these are all issues that we have to deal with. And that's also why, as we move through it, you have to understand we're going to continue to have a pressure on the economy because we haven't dealt with the pandemic. And by the way, I, I could quote to you uh, 30 of the top economists in America. I'm talking MIT, Yale, Harvard, UC Berkeley, uh, Princeton, all of them. I mean, to, to the tune of, I'm now looking at a, at, a, at a recently completed survey, to the tune of 88% believe that because we have opened prematurely, it, the economic contraction will accelerate. 88% believe that. Um, they also uh, had a high confidence in that belief. 
Uh, and then my favorite one is they had a, they were asked the question: Will a resurgence in infections, which we know is coming, remains high? Will it lead to a greater total economic damage? So total in the long run, not just longer to get to heal. And the answer was overwhelming by a tune of 80% again. Yep, greater damage. So I, I left you with a lot of information, uh, a lot of food for thought, but I'm going to give you, I'm going to end with a happy one. And here's the happy one. You remember UC systems, the University of California systems agreed they were going to eliminate all fossil fuels from their portfolio. Well, over the last year they did. Lucky them. So they haven't been dropping as low as everybody else. Well, they're completely fossil free. As of uh, May 19th, they, they are now... Uh, they've sold over more than one billion of assets. And just to give you some idea how big the UC investments are, UC has $126 billion in assets, zero in fossil fuels. And it has, I believe, something like, um, I'm going to say more than that number, more than the billion they had that they took out of fossil fuels. They have a multiple of that number invested now in renewable energy. So UC is going in the right direction. The yields will follow. And when we finally get through with the pandemic so we can begin to repair the economic damage, which is going to take a while because we haven't started the repair yet. We haven't started the end of the pandemic, and we therefore haven't started the beginning of the end of repairing the economy. So we're in a bad place in time. It's pretty clear what's going to happen, pretty clear why it's going to happen. And I urge you, stay tuned. Send in your questions. We love taking them. We love responding to them directly. I didn't get a chance to talk today because we didn't have the time for the uh, conversation I wanted to have about multifamily dwellings in the real estate world. So next week, I said I would do another real estate piece this week. I'm going to have to post that and the foreign analysis until next week. So please turn in, tune in, and I'll explain to you why investing in multi-unit dwellings. So that would be condos, apartments, co-ops. All of those forms of investment are a bad idea right now, and I'll explain why. Just don't do it till next week, and you'll hear why. And with that, thanks for tuning in. Tell your friends. The show is free. The information is hopefully worth a lot more than that, and I wish you all a very, very good week. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.